0: They called it the Deuce, 42nd Street. It was part of the city unlike any other, with its own rule of law, its own traffic pattern, its own societal norms. Walk one avenue in either direction and you would be back in normal town. But there at that crossroads, in that vortex of morality and humanity, there you were in a different world. It's almost too hard to imagine when you look at the Disney-esque nature of what the area has become now. But once back in the day, back in the sinful seventies, it was ground zero for all kinds of human endeavor and debauchery. Specifically, it was 42nd street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right off of Times Square. And if that sounds like a pretty limited piece of real estate, you would be amazed at how much was crammed into that little short walk. Now understand the area was already undesirable from back in the sixties, due in large part to the trade on the streets and the entertainment offered. The first peep show opened there in 1966, but by the seventies, it had intensified to proportions beyond the Midwesterners imagination. Everything and everyone was available and willing and the glare of the 24 hour neon lights only accentuated the carnival like atmosphere that prevailed everywhere. I loved to go there just to walk around the streets, past those peep shows, burlesque reviews and porno houses and take it all in like I was in some foreign land or planet for that matter. And all of the while I had to keep up a steady stream of responses to the boys, men, women, girls, trans and all in between who approached me with some very interesting propositions. Oh no, no thanks, not today. No, sorry, not interested, flattered, very flattered, but no, thank you. What? Wait. You, uh, you can really do that? Oh, gosh, no. But no, 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 thank you. It was so easy to make friends in that part of town. And isn't it nice to always feel wanted? But for all that, there were some real places. Everyday working men like gems. One was the Grand Luncheonette, a bit of a hole in a wall between 7th and 8th Avenues. Signs hanging above the small seven-seat for micah counter read things like, Knish Potato Pie, $1.25. Hot Sausage, $1.50. It had been there since 1941. And from behind that counter, the founder, Fred Haken, watched history unfold. Celebrations of wars ending, city strikes, civil unrest, all played out like a newsreel right outside the door. Of course, like everything else in that city that has some old world charm, it was doomed. By the 80s and 90s, the fix was in and Manhattan was on its way to becoming a land of the rich. And places like the Grand Luncheonette didn't belong anymore. It always devastated me when I would head out with the intention of getting a bite to eat at a place like that and see that dreaded, all too familiar sign on the front door stating that it had closed for good. Just like that. I had been there a week before enjoying one of those wonderful knishes and all was right with the world. And a mere week later, a piece of the city's fabric had been ripped away. Those kind of places do not come back once they're gone. They can't. There's no problem opening up another Applebee's or Starbucks. They're all the same lose a gem like the luncheonette, and you lose it for good. Another one of my favorite places to hang out was the Howard Johnson's on 46th Street facing Times Square. Yes, a Howard Johnson's, a chain, I know, but you would never know it from this place. With its distinctive orange-colored booths and brown carpet, its small full-service bar with signs encouraging you to buy a decanter of martinis, Manhattans, or daiquiris for its daily happy hour. Heck, you could get a stack of waffles and a dirty martini at the same time all day every day and come on those fried clams were divine it was an affordable somewhat clean perfectly situated restaurant in an area fast going through a transition from tawdry to unaffordable it was a mainstay a reminder an icon gleaming well into the manhattan night every night i love to sit in a booth Near the big glass windows that face Broadway and Times Square and just watch the surreal world pass by in front of me. Sinatra or Crosby would waft through the restaurant and I would sip my drink and munch on that basket of clams and think I was the luckiest guy in the world. Where else could you experience something this transformative, this bizarre? Oh, and did I mention upstairs on the second floor? There was the Gaiety Theater, a male burlesque review. I mean, does it get any better than that mixture of cultures and kitsch? Talk about irreplaceable. Cocktails with breakfast, Sinatra on the juke, fried clams, and a mail review upstairs. Try matching that, Disney. And also amid all that swirl of life, there were indeed a few, and what we would call now legitimate theaters, showing non-porn movies. My favorite, for a very specific reason, was The Victoria, right off the deuce. And like all things, (laughs) long gone now. Now, this shouldn't be confused with the new Victory Theater that is there now. No, the old Victoria was into double bills and quadruple bills, all with a theme in mind. And what the Victoria did in the early 70s was host a Spend a Day with Clint Eastwood promotion. For under three bucks, I could go armed with a couple of sandwiches and settle into the sticky fabric on the warped seats and watch four. Count them, four Eastwood Westerns a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hang them high. The place was full of smoke of all kinds. The floors were awash and something I didn't want to know about, and the bathrooms were a whole other adventure, where often I would run into some of the people I had met on the street previously, and they were still offering, and I was still not game. Hours later, as dusk fell, I would stumble out of the theater satisfied, at least for a week or two, with my movie fix. And every time I left, I would turn back to that grand old marquee its bright lights reflecting off the peeling gold paint, a grand dam of another age. And I would know there was no other place in the world quite like 42nd Street. And I'm glad I got to experience it when it was the deuce. There are so many more places and stories that now only reside in memory and city lore, stories and places and people that deserve to be remembered as they could have existed nowhere else but New York City. I got this.